Welcome to Demond Does the Six Questions, where the same six questions can tell a unique story. I am your host, Demond, father of two, husband of one, and leader of this here Demondcast. Thank you for joining me on this epic journey into the wild, whimsical world of the six questions. This week is part two with Al Snow. I'm assuming you've listened to part one, so after you leave a five-star review on Apple Podcast, ding! And get ready for the rest of a riveting conversation. Take it away past me. Question number three. Three. Okay. What is your go-to order at your favorite hometown restaurant? Where I grew up in Lima, Ohio, and they have a hamburger place there that is called Cupy, uh, based off the Cupy doll. It started back in the 30s. Actually, Dave Thomas, uh, see, it's never a short answer, um, who used to live in Columbus, and he would travel to Fort Wayne, Indiana, which he'd have to go through Lima. Um, he would stop, and he adopted the actual Wendy's original menu. It was actually... Cupies. Really? Original menu. Yeah, with the square hamburgers and everything. They're listed as one of the top 100 hamburger places in the United States. So I always get a double cheeseburger and I get a hamburger with pickles and then french fries and uh, usually a malt. That sounds delicious. Yeah, it's I will so good. write that down amongst the, uh, one of the reasons I even asked that question is yeah. like anytime I have a place The hamburgers to eat. are so <laughs> ridiculous because they're so. Like, really? Yeah, they're greasy. Like they're just, and they're, they're, it's they're so they call they say juicy, but they're greasy, and they're just so delicious. They're so good. Is it like a? Is it a diner? In downtown Lima, and I remember when I was a kid. Now this is a long time ago. They still had it. You would pull in, order, and then you'd pull up on this big round circular platform because there was no parking, mm-hmm. and there was a clo- it was a closed off parking lot. Okay. So you'd pull in. And you'd you'd park your car on this turntable, and the turntable would turn your car so you could drive back out. Yeah. They they've done away with that, but but now there's three locations. You know they've expanded, and listen, that that place for decades has been a license to print money. They just they're in that hometown. That's man. They just make money hand over fist. Question number four. <laughs> okay. What are you curious about? What am I curious about? Mm-hmm. Gosh, all kinds of things. Life in general, and what's the point? What's the meaning? And is it really, truly purposeless? Or are you really having a direction and serving some greater good? You know, or is it just a matter of random things that happen to you? You know, because at the end of the day, listen, you're going to die. We don't know when. We all just assume that that we're going to be that there's going to be a tomorrow. When you lay your head down at night and you think, "Ah, oh, wake up tomorrow," that's faith. We all just assume there's going to be a tomorrow. We don't know. You never know. It's not fair and it's not random, and you know what I mean. And what's the why to everything that happens, and what purpose does it all really serve, or are we just? Is it just random acts, and we try to because we're self-aware, assign some kind of higher belief or, or feeling to it. When we're no different than any of the other animals on this planet, because at the end of the day, we are nothing more than just an animal. We assume that we're the only ones that get it. 
even though we don't know for sure that there might be other species that get it the same way we do, but just because they can't communicate it to us in a language that we understand it, we just figure, ah, well, we're clearly at the top of the chain, and we get it, we see the bigger picture, they don't. Right. And they might be able to get it more than we do. We just don't realize it. <laughs> and, it's a, and that's a pretty deep uh, that, answer. That, that is. Yeah. That is. All right. Question number five. Yep. Is there anything else I should have asked but didn't? Anything else you should have asked but didn't? Well, there's always things you should have asked. Like what? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> you know, that's the thing is it's what do you want to know? Well, I, you know, I will... I'm, I try to be as honest and as open as I can be because Absolutely. I do that for me. I don't do it for other people. The more that I own whatever I do, the less anybody can have power over me. That's and true. Then only I can have that power. That's a good point. That's why I tell when people want to interview me and they're like, well, we'll send you the question. I'm like, I, you don't need some of the questions. And they're like, why? I'm like, for two reasons. One, there ain't no dumb question. You can ask me anything you want to ask me. Right. And two, if I don't want to answer it, I'll give you an answer that will make you think I gave you an answer that didn't even really give you the answer that you thought you were going to get. So <laughs> I've been doing it long enough, so it's not a big deal. But there's really no topic or subject that I'm not going to be able to discuss because I'm going to own whatever it is that I do. Fair enough. Then I will ask something for my own personal uh, information. And sure. It's my podcast. I will do what I want. <laughs> Go right ahead. I remember hearing you talk about uh, doing strongman exercises. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, you, you're the only person that wasn't that didn't have the last name Thompson that <laughs> knew what a Turkish getup was. Right. So I was like, yeah. wait, wait, wait. I was talking <laughs> wait, about I, I was talking about strongman exercises. Yeah. That's, you know, it's one of my that's one of my jams. Yeah. So, and your physique has completely changed since then. I think a large part of that, I think, is because of you know, directly related. Now, they'll all, everybody will tell you, well, it's, you know, he's quote unquote a magic potion, meaning steroids. Right. But I, I'll be honest. I mean, I have, I'm on medically supervised testosterone replacement therapy. I'm mm -hmm. 56. For God's sakes, people, what do you want? You know what I mean? But I'm not doing any, anything horrendous or, or nothing that a medical physician would not supervise and say, hey, that's okay. Right. So it's not like everybody has this belief and a misunderstanding that you could just put steroids in you and then you just <laughs> swell up. Man, I wish. Yeah. <laughs> don't I, I wish too. But what they fail to realize is that they, it serves your testosterone in your body and your other hormones serve one purpose and that is to allow your body to recover and recoup. Right. That's why when you're younger and you have so much more of it in your in supply and the reason you do is because you're going through a growing spurts and it allows your muscles, because the way that your physiology works and the way that really you work is that, and that's the, that's the magical thing about being a human being, is that no matter what the challenges are, no matter how much you, because you tear the muscle down, you put a load and a stress on the muscle, which breaks the muscle fibers back down to where then it grows back, your body grows back bigger and stronger to now handle that stress and that load. That's why you've got to constantly be changing what you're doing exercise-wise and weight-wise if you're wanting to continue to grow and adapt because you've got to constantly put in new stresses and new changes. Guess what? That also applies to your life. If you're not constantly putting new stresses and new, change, and new, new uh, loads in your life on your 
body, you're, you, you're never going to grow and adapt. You're right. never going to change. And the saddest thing for a lot of people these days is that they are the same person at 50 as they were at 25. And weightlifting is no different than any other pursuit, physical activity. And that was one of the things I picked up on from studying the, the old strongmen and the old professional wrestlers, and I mean like from the late 1800s and the early 1900s. Mm -hmm. is they would say, the, the, the one thing I really got was that it was not weight training. It was not, well, I'm going to go in and I'm going to train this one body part or whatever. It was practice. No different than you practice to hit a ball with a baseball bat or you practice throwing. You were practicing the technique mm -hmm. to develop the strength to lift a particular weight in a particular manner. And that was, you know, when I adopted that and the idea of not just, well, I'm going to go in and I'm just going to do arms one day or I'm just doing my back or I'm just doing a push or a pull. When I started trying to work in a more functional manner and use my legs more than I ever had done in the past mm -hmm. and more frequently, that was when it affected the Everything big change. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. And I tell people that too all the time and they're like, they look at me like I'm crazy, which, hey, I am. But, you know, there was a friend of mine that I had met and he was a strength and conditioning uh, coach for the uh, Chinese Olympic volleyball team and they brought him over to try to build up a lot of their strength and their endurance and the one thing he did was he made them work their lower bodies intensely. And he told me that they had done a university study, a college study, and they'd taken three groups of people over a period of three months, and one group, uh, group A, worked only their upper body intensely. Group B worked their upper and their lower bodies, and then group C only worked their lower body intensely. And he said that group A, it was found, had minimal fat loss and muscle gain. Group B, the one that worked both their upper and lower bodies, had no fat loss or muscle gain. Really? And group C that worked, I'm sorry, group A had no, Okay. That just worked their upper body. Group B had minimal fat loss and muscle gain. They worked both their upper and their lower. And Group C that had worked their lower bodies intensely alone from head to toe had the most muscle gain and the most fat loss because of of doing that. And that adopting that has made made a huge difference. And every time I had when I was as I was training and stuff, my physique would get better if I did work my legs. And I don't mean just like extensions or leg curls. I mean like squats and, you know, lunges and things of that nature. That it made, it made all the difference. So, and the more that, you know, I adopted uh, a lot of the physical practices that the, the way that the strongmen trained because they didn't have racks, they didn't have benches, they had dumbbells and, you know, things like that. But one of the biggest things that, you know, people are like, well, what do you bench press? I, I'm bench pressing, well, however many years it's been since I started doing it. Because, you know, it's, it <clears throat> uses so little of your musculature. It puts such a strain on your joints, your shoulders, your elbows, your wrists. And it, it it's just an ego lift. When in real life are you ever going to lay on your back and just push up? Unless you're underneath a car and it drops. You know, and you don't stand a chance with that you anyway. Stand, you don't, yeah, it's <laughs> more than what you can bench press anyhow. Right. You know, so when I stopped doing that, I started doing more push-ups. If I do any kind of presses, it's usually with just a bench or on the floor and, you know, um, with always with dumbbells instead of, you know, a straight bar. Mm -hmm. um, that way I get that 
movement, that lateral movement as well. And the more that I started utilizing my legs and uh, more frequently too during the week, and the more that I would, I use kettlebells and doing a lot of those movements and doing a lot of ballistic. And then I, now the, um, with the Indian clubs, um, I've used those a lot and I have heavier clubs and I have a couple maces that I use and that's, that was the thing that made the difference. And everybody's like, well, you, uh, you know, in a backhanded compliment, well, you look so much better than you used to. Well, I must've looked terrible before because <laughs> I really don't think I look that great now. But, I, and you know, in the, the, just recently they had, somebody did this list of you, you won't recognize them from the, bef- you know, from before to now or whatever. And <laughs> it was funny because they had a list of like me and remember Oleg that was here. Oleg Prudius, the Russian guy, yes. big Russian. We play, play, play. Then maybe I throw you. And yes, it's like yes. he was like wrestling the Russian bear a little legitimately. <laughs> <laughs> he just he didn't know his own strength, and he just like, maybe oh, I play, play, play. You know, and then maybe I throw you. <laughs> You're like maybe not. It's like I'm a human being. Yeah, yeah, I, <laughs> I'm not a sack of wheat, okay, Oleg. So he was on the list, and and then I was like number one. So. And this is the truth, okay? In in the number of years, I don't know how many years it's been since I adopted the old strongman training stuff. Mm-hmm. I've I'm now I started out weighing 230 pounds, right? I now weigh 240. I literally have gained 10 pounds. That's it. That's it. That's wow. all I've gained, just 10 pounds in all those years, okay? <laughs> Adam Rose was on the list um, from WWE. <laughs> they said that he had gained in a year 60 pounds of muscle, and I'm 50 to 60 pounds of muscle. Me, they go, he looks better now. Al Snow looks better now than he did in the ring when he was, he was still in shape in the ring, uh-huh. but he's put on a lot of more muscular, you know, more muscle, and he's heavier and more muscular, which I, I, look, the, I look different, but I've put on 10 pounds in eight years right. or whatever. He put on 50 and they infer that I'm doing other pharmaceuticals and don't even mention that he could possibly have done them. And what? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. What? He, 50 pounds of muscle in a year, 10 pounds of muscle and fat, both in, in a like year. A, in like a decade. Eight, eight or 10 years. <laughs> well, Al's clearly on something. What? Are you out of your mind? I wish I was. I really do. People come up all the time. Oh, you get off the gas. I'm like, if I could, if I could get on it, that'd be terrific. <laughs> I'd be thrilled, but I don't, I don't. I just go and I work consistently and, you know, and that's it. And I do things that are fun and that are challenging and, and you know, and it gets me results. Will it work for everybody? I'm not going to say it will, but, you know, if, if people ever want to, I always tell them, go, go, Eugene Sandow, the guy that they make the trophy for, mm-hmm. the Olympia. Go look at pictures of that guy in the late 1800s, right? Go look at one of the best, George Hackenschmidt, mm-hmm. an old professional wrestler. Yes. Okay? Look at the photos. This was at a time when they didn't know what carbs were. They, knew, they didn't know what calories were. They didn't know it, didn't care. And they certainly did not have synthetic steroids. Look at the way these people are developed and how they're built. And, I was, and that's what brought me. I was like looking at them. I'm like, these people are doing something. And they must be doing it right because they look so good. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
and they were legitimately it wasn't just all show it was they could they had the go to it too yeah they were legit strong legit like were strong legit legit, legit strong, strong. Yeah, i mean then they practiced the technique sure which is a big part of it but they legit had the physical strength to perform those you know those feats and do those things and they looked amazing you know they they looked incredible and the reason they did was because they the the way they trained mm-hmm. you know and i was like cuz again they didn't they didn't know what calories were back then. They didn't know what carbs or protein or any of that stuff was. They had no supplements, and they certainly didn't have steroids. And so I was like, that's the way I'm going to start to train. And that's the other the biggest asset that I had gotten out of it, too, was that, in, and I don't need to tell you, but in the ring, there's you can run on a treadmill, on a stepper. You can do anything you want and run, go out and jog for miles but you'll never get fully conditioned in the ring until you do something that's as close as possible to the ring, which is where we are static, but we're tense and flexing, and then we have to explode and go for short bursts at a very high intensity and then go back to that static flex of, of holding your whole body and then go back to exploding and running and jumping and moving and then you know and you try to do that for eight to ten minutes man it's you're going <gasps> just dying your second win yeah and in the outside of being in the ring the training that i do now is the only thing that is has even come close that allows me to have the in-ring conditioning in the i always tell people do what works for you and right. do what you enjoy I enjoy it because I always like to try to physically challenge myself when I go to work out. Mm-hmm. You know, I I go in and, and try to do whatever I can to push myself as much as I possibly can in a safe manner, sure. you know, get more benefit out of working my entire body than I do, well, today's chest day. I And I did that kind of stuff for years. And I did every, because people don't realize I've been working out since I was 16. Mm-hmm. So, and I'm 56. So that's 40 years. So I've done like all of the the training ideas that you now are doing, those were new. Those were just being introduced in the muscle and fitness magazines and all of that. I've done every one of those. You name it, I've done it. Pre-exhaust, you know, alternate days, you know, I've worked out seven days a week, I've worked out two days a week, I've worked out three days a week, I've worked out five days a week. I've done them. You name the different one. The only one body part a day. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. all same thing. I've done them all. I think we've all been there. Done them all. I think we've all been there. And the only thing that I really, truly, that, that's broken up the monotony for me over the years, and I really enjoy every time I go in there because I always do something. I don't always do the same thing. Sometimes I will. I'll get on a kick and I'll just do, you know, the the same routine for a couple of weeks. But then I'll stop it and I'll start doing something totally different. You know, I haven't done kettlebells in a while. And I'll start doing those. And then I'll just go and just do nothing but just body weight exercises. You know, I'll go through where I'll do, you know, uh, four rounds of the Tabata, eight cycles in each round, and I'll I'll just I'll do just <laughs> you know body weight stuff. You know, and I'll push pull upper lower body, and I'll just that's all I'll do on the, for a while, and then or I'll go back to doing the Indian clubs, and I'll do the maces, or I'll do a combination of both or all, or you know. That way you keep your body guessing, and it's always having to adapt. It's always having to challenge itself and grow, and it doesn't get stagnant, and it doesn't get stale. It makes me laugh 
because I don't go in with a set of headphones on or nothing like that. Like, you want to come up to talk to me? Feel free. Now, I'm going to keep working out while we're talking. Right. You know what I mean? I'm going to do much stuff. But nobody talks to me. Like, they can clearly see I'm working and I'm doing something. I look around, and that's all I see people doing. Do a set, then they stand there and they talk. Do a set, stand there and they talk. I come in, and I, I get done in about 40, 45 minutes because you shouldn't spend any more time than that. Right. You're not going to do any good. Sometimes I'll go longer. It just depends. But usually about 45 minutes, at the most an hour, and I'm, I'm sweating, my, sweating myself to death, and my nose is running, and, you know, and I'm done, and I'm out the door. And that's it. Off to the next thing. Off to the next thing. Yeah. And most people stand there and stare at me because I, you know, I have maces that I bring in and I have clubs and they're all like watching me and like, it looks like a circus act, but you know, (laughs) I enjoy it, so. And nobody's ever asked you about the maces? Yeah, a few, a few have been coming up and asking about it and asking about the clubs and the maces and what they do and things like that. But then they, you know, oh, that's interesting. Then they go right back to doing (laughs) the machines and and the uh, regular weights, they they won't do it. Question number six. Yes. If you were going to create a new holiday, yeah, what would it commemorate? It would commemorate happiness. Why can't we just have... We always ask people what they're doing. We always ask people, what are you doing? Uh, where are you working? Uh, are you married? Yeah. We never ask people, are they happy? We never ask them that. Why? That's true. That's a good question. Why do you care if what they're doing? Aren't they happy? Right. Why do you care if they're married? Are they happy? You know what I mean? Absolutely. We ask everything but that. We ask, so why not have a holiday where you just commemorate when you used to be a kid and the simplest thing was you just were happy because you were happy. Not because you had something, you got something, you achieved something, you just were happy. Mm-hmm. That is the joy of watching my kids, man. Exactly. It, it really it's is. It's the magic time right now. Enjoy it. Because how old are they? Three and six. Three and six. So you got about four more years on the one, right? Because magic time ends about 10. Magic time is anything's possible. Anything's possible. That's why they believe in Santa. That's why they believe in the Easter Bunny. That's why they believe. They believe because anything's possible for them. And then we get to a point, and then we become adults, and now nothing's possible anymore. We lose that. We lose that magic. And that's why we love children, because we rem- it makes us remember what the world used to be like when it was just possibilities. And we were just happy to be happy. Not because we got a new job or we bought a new car or we got this watch or we, got, or we did this thing or I d- dated this girl. You just were happy. You didn't have a care in the world. You just, you just as... Happy as a pig in mud. Doing whatever. Doing whatever. It didn't matter. Doing whatever. And you still can be. You just got to make the choice. Right. Because ultimately, that's your decision. You can wake up today and just go, oh, man, this is, ugh, hate life. Or you can wake up and go, this is awesome. Yeah. We always always have the choice. And and I know people will be listening, well, you you just don't know. You just don't know. You don't know what I go through every day. You don't know what I deal with. You don't know the physical problems I have and the mental and emotional issues I deal with every day. Trust me, I do. Everybody does. You're nothing special. I know everyone wants to believe they're unique. You are not. If you think you're unique, you are. You're one in a million. You know what that means in the United States? 
there are 375 other people just like you because there are 375 million people in the United States. So what I would suggest you do is take your unique ass and go find the other 374 people, gather them up, make an army, and go take over a small town in Idaho. Use your uniqueness. Organize. Get the group of you together and go do something with it. Instead of sitting around going, well, you just don't know, uh, you don't have problems like I do. We all have the same problems because we all have the same wants, needs, hopes, and dreams. Right. You just want to believe that you're something different. And you are, but you're not that different than everybody else. You just have a different perspective on it. That's it. Right. Get over yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We've all, we've all, uh, and think about this. I've been in, I've been in bars and restaurants and public places all over the world. And you know what? Those people in Syria, those people in Qatar and Kuwait and India, in Australia and Tasmania and Iceland and Chile, they all want the same thing you do. They ain't no different. Culturally, that's about it. Other than that, they all want a job. They all want to be able to go home to their wives and families and be able to provide for them and make sure they're healthy and they can eat. That's take it. Care of your family. That's, that's it. it. That's it. Guess what you want to do? Same thing. Yeah. And you're working a job and you want to get a better spot? Well, they do too. Yeah. They want, you can want that new car? They do too. You want a new house? They do too. You're not different. Just governments tell you that so that we can, so they can make money off of us fighting each other. And you're no different from the west side of town than you are from the east side of town. Man. You know what I mean? Culturally, might be a little different. Sure. You ain't no different. And, and just because you're a different color, different race, different religion, you ain't, so what? We all got Turn the light stuff. off. We're all the same color. Are you listening, listener? <laughs> <laughs> well, man, I, I am upset about a question. <laughs> this was so much fun. Well, good. I'm glad. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Um, if they want to get a hold of you, yeah, uh, tell them out. Uh, I'm on social media at the Real Al Snow on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And the reason it's the Real Al Snow, even though I have the blue check mark, is because before I had the blue check mark, uh, there were some people that faked being Al Snow, and then I would write them a message. I didn't get upset. I just like aimed the bar higher. I mean, if you're going to fake being a celebrity, why would you fake being me? I'd be like Neil Armstrong or. You know what I mean? Or, or George Clooney or <laughs> Burt Reynolds. Somebody, you know, get over. Don't. Why do that? You just set the bar really low, brother. I mean, it's just try harder. Or you can go to ovwrestling.com uh, or aswa.live if they have interest in OVW or if they have interest in the academy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, or if they want to check out the clothing line, they can go to collarandelbowbrand.com and they can use the code SNOWMAN and they take 10% off of their purchase. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. Appreciate you. Once again, I want to thank Al Snow. Give it up for Al Snow. Ah, yeah. And I want to give it up to you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for hanging out with me and spending some of your precious time with me. I do appreciate it. I forgot to mention over and over and over again. (laughs) Uh, I have a Twitter account. I'm at Does. You can. I'm on facebook at demand does as well i'm demand does on instagram i believe i'm demand that's all what their demand does and remember please share with your friends and let's keep this conversation going so until next time see it hear it speak it live